Coming up on Podcast 1937, a special report. What's up with Tesla's so-called disaster results? Stick around. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. EV News Daily is your trusted source of EV information. Today is Friday the 20th of October. And about a day ago, very late in the evening, my time, uh, Tesla released their Q3 financials and then there was the earnings call with Elon Musk and some others as well. And it was a call that one of the most pro-Tesla analysts later described on CNBC as a disaster set of results. And I saw that same sentiment sort of filtering through not only the EV media, but the wider media as well. Newspapers like the Daily Mail, shudder, here in the UK, uh, reporting on their financial results and calling it, you know, the delay to the Cybertruck, you know, a huge problem for Tesla and Elon Musk. So I thought I'd have a look at this and just discuss it with you and get your thoughts on it as well. Now, look, there's loads of brilliant Tesla podcasts out there, financial podcasts. One of the really good ones is Ryan McCaffrey from Ride the Lightning. Been listening to that for years. And on a Friday, he always does. So it's records on a Friday. It goes, comes out on a Sunday for the free listeners like us, not the Patreon ones. Um, he'll always do a big one about what Elon Musk said and he'll play little clips and stuff. So recommend that. It's always really good. Loads of others out there. This isn't a financial podcast, but I, it made me think, is this a disaster for Tesla? Talking about the Cybertruck production challenges, concerns over Gigafactory Mexico, concerns over interest rates, production hurdles, timelines, the solar slip they've had, the energy storage wars, and Elon Musk's mindset on that call, which I had to listen through to, and I thought it was it was a very different Elon Musk that we heard. Now, there's loads of EV makers around the world. This is a global podcast, and this isn't a Tesla podcast, but I think that's hopefully a benefit to maybe taking a pragmatic look at it, because as much as I do love Tesla podcasts, with the best will in the world, as professional as those podcasters are on those YouTube channels, they will always have a filter and they will always give Tesla the benefit of the doubt. And so they should. You know, podcasts with Tesla in the title are normally going to give them the benefit of the doubt or some of them are just outright sort of pro-Tesla promotion accounts. So I thought I'd have a look at it because I there's things that they do that I'm not huge fans of. Equally, I'm a huge fan of other bits of the company. So why was this a disaster? And also, by the way, Tesla is a bellwether for the EV industry. Now, not in Europe and China, but in the US, it's still half of all the EVs sold. It's still disproportionately, uh, compared to everywhere else, uh, a Tesla industry. So as a bellwether, let's have a look at what happened. Total revenue of $23.35 billion for the quarter. Doesn't sound like a disaster to me yet. A business making $23 billion is probably okay. $19.6 billion was automotive. Doesn't sound like a disaster to me. Sales increased 9% compared to the same quarter last year, but didn't surpass the record sales of Q2 2023 of $24.93 billion. No, still not a disaster. Uh, the revenue observed in the last quarter was $1.5 billion less than the previous quarter, aligning with the revenue of the initial three months of the year, so falling back to where they were. Uh, Tesla's profit for the past three months is $1.85 billion. Doesn't sound like a disaster to me yet. That was a 44% decline on the same period last year, year on year. For context, $3.29 billion profit in the same quarter last year. Tesla is such a fast-moving business. 
I understand why financials look at year on year because of seasonal fluctuations. I've done that in businesses that I've had before um, or worked in. But still, in a growth industry, sometimes it's better to look quarter on quarter. But year on year, I know why we do that. The highest quarterly profit Tesla ever posted was the end of last year. The current profit is half of that amount. So why is that? And why do people think Tesla is having a disaster moment? Why was Elon Musk so depressed on that earnings call? Well, Tesla's operating margin for the current quarter was 7.6%. And that's probably the key, because everyone knew it was coming. They just didn't know what the number would be. It's a big drop from the 17.2% in the same quarter the previous year. To illustrate, illustrate, illustrate the trend, margins were at 16% in Q4 in the previous year and 9.6% in Q2. The primary reason for the dropping margins is Tesla's worldwide price cuts after the company reduced prices in China, Europe and the US. You can pick up a Model 3. Well, here it's 39990 for the new Highland, so-called Highland refreshed model in the US with federal tax credits, with local state incentives, you can pick up a $30,000 Tesla Model 3. That's a ridiculously low price. Remember when Elon Musk promised a $35,000 car and they sort of hit it if you walked into a showroom and got, uh, you know, stood on one leg, rolled up your sleeve, gave the secret password, and then you got a severely hobbled car. That's a $30,000 car now. So reflecting on the challenges... Elon Musk was candid on the call. I don't think it's it was typical Elon Musk that we heard. Tesla previously indicated that their manufacturing capabilities, uh, that they could make uh, 125,000 Cybertrucks on an annual basis, uh, that they would stick with that, and that their capacity had, had ramped, actually, in places. And again, that was a source of a lot of head-scratching. One of the podcasts I really like is uh, Rob Maurer, and I've been listening to his Tesla Daily podcast for years, back when it was before he did YouTube and stuff, and uh, he used to give out like the supercharger count at the beginning of every podcast. I'll swap emails with Rob. Uh, I find him to be a very pragmatic commentator on the EV industry. Again, pro-Tesla, anti the others in his own subtle way. But it's a Tesla podcast, so that's fine. He was really bothered by the lack of the growth story in Tesla because Tesla said, look, we're not really, you know, we've grown Shanghai to 950,000 a year, but there's no real plans to grow Shanghai any more than a million. You know, Berlin had a little bump. Fremont production is 650,000 vehicles. Really, that big growth story about we've got these new plants and they're iterating all the time and finding new ways to make uh, cars and changing the industry. That all, all of that seemed to have gone in this uh, this last quarter. And they were saying, well, actually, here it's all about efficiencies and reducing costs. And we're not really going to ramp those numbers any bigger. And again, he seemed... Uh, uh, that was kind of one of his big points was, oh, right, okay, they're just sort of, they're not being ambitious anymore which I, I, I don't think that's a disaster. I still can't see a disaster in the Tesla story. Total vehicle production capacity, uh, 2.35 million EVs annually sounds, I mean, they hit 1.8 million this year. And that still doesn't sound like a disaster. Elon Musk addressed the unique production techniques with the Cybertruck. And this is where I think um, he did sound his most depressed. I'll, I'll use that word again. He said that the production techniques for the Cybertruck uh, was because of the vehicle's unprecedented design features on the distinct design of the pickup, Musk mentioned, and I quote, I do want to emphasize that there will be an enormous challenge in reaching volume production, end quote. He said that by 2025, they'll get to volume production, which I thought was a huge 
a huge admission because, you know, a lot of the Tesla fans think the production starts now. By the sounds of it, there's going to be a few this year at the delivery event. Oh, which, by the way, was confirmed on X, formerly Twitter, which is going to be November 30th. But Tesla always deliver to Star first. They always do. So it's going to be a handful of cars. We'll get to know the price on the 30th of November. Do you think? Maybe before. We'll get, the, get to know the specs of that vehicle, which is so overdue now. And, and actually, they've got great competition out there. Ford F-150 Lightning and the Rivian and the Silverado and more coming as well. Those weren't vehicles weren't around when we first had the Cybertruck. And so they've not got the market to themselves anymore. They're entering where actually EV trucks are really, really good. So we can't wait to see the Cybertruck specs. Commenting on uh, the uh, reservations, because again, I see Tesla fans online saying, oh, there's 2 million reservations for Cybertruck. Elon Musk said it's 1 million. Again, doesn't sound like a disaster to me. I know it's half the number that people thought there were Cybertruck reservations. And yes, many of those won't convert to actually ordering the vehicle, or many of those can't get the vehicle because they won't be in the markets where Cybertruck isn't going to be sold, like here in the UK. And there'll be loads of UK reservation holders that just put their money down and then they'll get their money back. And so how many of that 1 million convert? Well, you know, uh, that's fine because they haven't got the production to get to a million Cybertrucks a year. So the people will still be waiting. In terms of affordability, Elon stated, uh, Mr. Musk rather, I don't know him personally, I'll call him Mr. Musk, stated that the automaker aims to keep it the truck's price reasonable. But we know it's not going to be the price that was promised. Integration of new technologies complicates the cost factors. Mr. Musk confirmed uh, Tesla's target to make 1.8 million vehicles this year probably means that that's the end of the big 50% growth story. They've always been growing at 50%. And if not from, you know, exactly year to year, over the long term, they have been doing that. Uh, But that story's probably at an end for the short term. Mr. Musk highlighted that creating an entirely new model comes with challenges. And he said, and I quote, this is simply normal for when you've got a product with a lot of new technology or any brand new vehicle program, but especially one that is as different and advanced as the Cybertruck, end quote. He said that the relationship between the novelty of a product and the scale is the production issues. He said that it's potentially their best product ever. And then he was a bit of a return to form of the showman of the of the guy that talks everything up, you know, full self-driving is here in two weeks kind of thing. Despite production hiccups, the Cybertruck is the most anticipated EV coming. You can't deny that. And it's been consistently a focal point of the media attention and consumer attention as well. There was also talk of the new factories, the one in Mexico, seems to be indefinitely delayed or postponed. Mr. Musk highlighted challenges regarding Mexico with the interest rates and the current global economic conditions, said that they're still doing initial preparations for construction of the facility near Monterey, Mexico, uh, despite earlier projections, projections that they will commence making the vehicles in 2025. There's no way that they're going to do that, surely. It's not a China story where they can throw up this amazing factory and start, uh, you know, with cheap Chinese money, which is how they did that, and start making vehicles. Doesn't seem to be. For Mexico, they're still working on infrastructure, on factory design. Mr. Musk came back time and time again to talking about interest rates. Interest rates are very high. Tesla does have, again, this isn't a financial podcast, but looking at the balance sheet, you know, it looks like $26 billion, uh, you know, in cash equivalents. And so... 
why are they, do they still borrow money? Like Tesla is still, and I don't get it, you know, because I'm not a financial person. So maybe it's good for businesses to borrow money, to write stuff off. I don't know. But they've still got like 2 billion in, 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 in borrowed money. And yet they've got apparently a load of money in the bank. Don't know why they do that. But again, I'm no expert. I'm not an economist. I'm not an expert. Um, but Elon talked about not only the interest rates for businesses borrowing money, but the consumers and said, look, people buy money, sorry, people buy cars on a monthly payment. And at the minute, those monthly payments are going up and up. And he just sounded really kind of depressed about the cyclical nature of the automotive industry. Not quite as bad as late naughty sort of 2009, not quite as bad as ramping the Model 3. Uh, That's when things I think were really bad at Tesla. It's not. It's a different ballpark these days. This is not a disaster in any way. Um, after one Wells Fargo analyst asked Elon Musk to discuss Tesla's decision related to Mexico Gigafactory and clarity on their long-term promise of 50% growth, uh, again, that was not committed to, I think it's fair to say. Solar, Tesla, which was among the top residential solar installers, is seeing a downturn. In Q3, solar deployments were 49 megawatts. That's a 48% drop in terms of megawatt installed uh, capacity on solar over the same time frame from the previous year. A sequential decline, actually, in Tesla's solar business, uh, descending from 67 megawatts at the beginning of the year, then 66 and now 49 megawatts installed. Still a decent amount of solar, but again, it's part of the business which seems to be in terminal decline at the moment, unlike their storage business, which is Going great guns. Fantastic margins on that. 90% increase on their energy storage deployments, 4 gigawatt hours, um, I, I think, installed. And up uh, a big rise from 2.1 gigawatt hours, same time last year. And so the highest quarterly deployment ever, a big surge in energy storage deployments all around the world from that mega factory uh, in uh, Lathrop, uh, uh, which they, they they make their energy products. During the earnings call, Elon Musk did go on some rants. His mental state seemed delicate, if I may say that. For some reason, he went on this huge rant about homeworking and people who work from home are taking advantage of those who don't have that luxury, like the people who have to make the car. You can't make a car. You can't work on a production line at home. He said that these people who think that you can work from home are detached from reality and was talking about, for some reason, this huge rant about homeworking, uh, this disconnect and the Marie Antoinette attitude of people questioning why they can't work from home. It was a truly, truly odd moment. And uh, I, there was um, certainly uh, probably silence in the room, I imagine, of his colleagues looking around going, what's he on about now? Don't worry about it. Just let him finish his point. Was it a disaster, in conclusion? Uh, Let me know if you think it was. I don't see anything in there. Like, their margins are down, and yes, they're trading more like a GM or a Ford, but they're spending, like, this quarter, I think it was over $2 on R&D and and their CapEx costs, and they're investing hugely in future bets and future software and future hardware and... But none of this sounds like a disaster to me. It sounds like a, a, you know, correction, a pullback, a time of when the, the economy is... Yeah, there's not much cheap money out there for borrowing money and things like that. It seems like that their production, their supply, and their demand is aligned. 
an interesting story that came out just before that call um, was two of Tesla's suppliers from China uh, are planning to invest a billion dollars in Mexico and the combined investment from those suppliers uh, because of the announcement of Gigafactory Mexico. But there's the environmental impact permits, which are still outstanding. There's the impending construction delays and then this call from Elon Musk saying well we you know we'll just press pause on Mexico uh and and you think oh wow so that it, you need to remember there's all these other companies that in the Tesla ecosystem these two Chinese companies saying hey we'll spend a billion dollars and we're going to build factories next door to Tesla's factory because we'll be their suppliers they must have been listening going whoa hang on a minute is Mexico not happening as quick as we thought it's all very interesting. Let me know your thoughts. You can do that by social media. I'm at EV News Daily on X Twitter and also uh, EV News on Instagram. And I guess, therefore, threads these days. I must check it more. Um, let me know your thoughts. I think that's it all sounds good. Nothing here sounds like a problem. I don't think this deserves the media attention and the negative coverage that it got in the 24 hours after that, uh, that earnings call. But let me know if I'm wrong. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our premium partners, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo EV Review Island YouTube channel. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map, and lease plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need. Have a good one, see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.